Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. I'm going to be I'm going to be quoting and teaching a little bit from two. Well, one is an unpublished. Both of the both of the things I'm going to be teaching from today you can't get. Uh, one is an unpublished manuscript by Sterling Sill. I went through his book a couple of times, I think, over the last week or so. Um, and like I said, it's unpublished. It was given to me as a gift. And the other one is because you're all familiar with the stick person that comes from Dr. Thurman Fleet around 1934. Uh, and he had a series of um, uh, manuals that he wrote that were for, for doctors only. Uh, so they were never published outside of his clinic, and you can't get them. So um, I collected them uh, over the years through people that I knew, and I'm, so I'm going to be teaching from Thurman Fleet and both from, from Sterling Sill. So again, the idea is that we live in truth. We live in truth. Um, it's, it's really important to understand. Some people were asking if I would talk a little bit more about spirit and, and such that the idea is that we, we do, we all have this spiritual energy that's moving to and through us. And it is, it becomes the exact replicate of our, our outside world is what's going on on the inside, whether we're conscious of it or not. So what are we really doing? What are we really doing? Well, one of the things that we're doing is trying to teach ourselves how to think accurately, which takes time. It takes dedication. It's not something that happens overnight. I've repeatedly said you take your age and you look at how many, how many years uh, you've been on this planet. That's how many years of programming that you have. And you're constantly being inundated with a verification of that programming because your eyes see what your perception tells your eyes to see. You don't, you know, the old saying, you don't see things as they are, you see things as you are, that's very, very true. So if we're going to change the way we see things, if we're going to change opportunities, if we're going to change results, we have to change how we see things so that we can see the truth in the things that are outside of us so that we have different options to make different choices to create the life that we want. And it's a lot of work. There's, you'll do it for the rest of your life if you're really dedicated to it. So inside of that idea, we're, we're hopefully, we're creating a division. It's a split of consciousness, okay? And you could call it spirit consciousness, universal consciousness, Christ consciousness, Krishna consciousness, whatever you want to call it. It is a split in consciousness, and the, the hard part for us is that we do have everything that's going outside in our own personal worlds constantly reflecting things that are contrary to the way that we're learning to think. So when we're, when we're doing this, our, you know, from the moment that you wake up to the moment you go to bed, you're taking in information through your five senses. You see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. Those senses are constantly relaying information into your conscious mind 
where then your subconscious mind, which is on complete autopilot 24 hours a day, is telling your conscious mind how to think about what you're experiencing, the information that is coming in. Your subconscious mind tells your conscious mind how to think about it. Unless, excuse me, you override while you're awake your subconscious thought and you choose to think a different thought about what you're thinking. So here's a common mistake that I see people make. When they're focused on, let's say, the teaching that we're doing, or you're going to take this teaching and you're going to focus it on the thing that you want the result in first in your life, you do that. You take it, you, you focus on your sales, or you focus on a part of your business, or you're focusing on whatever it is that, you're, that your goal is doing. And then as the day goes on and other things come in, that those thoughts kind of get left on a table somewhere, almost like if you left them on your desk on a notepad, and you go back into reactive thinking based on what's actually happening. And you may not think to yourself, well, that has nothing to do with my sales. So, you know, like I can, I can go crazy over the political situation that's going on or, or whatever's happening in your life. However, what we, what we very much misunderstand is that that thought process is engaged and you're literally cutting off from the transmission of your mind to truth what it is that you actually want to think. So you stop receiving and you go back to recondition your mind based on what you think and how you feel about what it is you're observing. And you want to give this some serious attention because it, it's, it's like we can both sit there and look at what's on a television and we can both agree like, oh, this is horrific, right? Um, and we start to go in judgment about what's going on. And we don't realize that the same judgment we're using for that situation carries over when we're not thinking into our business. So all you did was program, you let some outside activity reinforce your subconscious belief. And then when you go to look for say opportunities or money or, or people or whatever in something that you're proactively trying to change, you can't understand why you're still having difficulty there. Because maybe you only spent an hour on your conscious thought while you were working, but you spent nine hours letting the world really drive in and exacerbate the negative thinking or the judgmental thinking that's going on under the surface, that's happening inside of you. It's not happening on the television. It's not happening on the internet. It's happening inside. It's a reflection of what it is that's going in on the inside. So this split is about really becoming conscious in disassociating from what's happening that has nothing to do with us, right? And then your mind starts to argue, well, it does have something to do with me. It's my country. It's my government. It's what's happening in the world. And I live here and blah, blah, blah. But unless your purpose is to do something specifically about it, it has nothing to do with you. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You're not affecting it in any way. And the only thing that you're doing that you're being hypnotized to do is to move into a way that you feel in control. So when we're seeing something that triggers us, that's triggering what's going on on the, in the inside of us, 
it makes us feel out of control. Why does it make us feel out of control? Because it makes us feel unsafe or it triggers something that we have uh, uh, like a, a prior program around that maybe we have anger or maybe we have sadness or uh, maybe we have hatred for in our life. All it is is a reflection that triggers that. When we go into that pattern, it then makes us feel unsafe partly, well not partly, a lot because there is actually nothing that you can do about it and you know that there's nothing you can do about it. So your subconscious mind is kind of like saying, so how do I feel safe and certain again when my observation of the world is that it's going to hell in a handbasket? I will move into judgment. And when I move into judgment, it gives me a sense of feeling in control because the, however you judge is a, is a pattern that you're running in your mind that was set up a long time ago to give you a sense of certainty and control over your own life. So all, it, all that is is a pattern. So the first one I'm going to get into here is, uh, is fleet. Okay, and, and this was, um, uh, he called this the law of practice. And again, this is from the unpublished manuscript. He says, um, when one acts as though he wants to be a nobody, nature assumes he is in the earnest, in, in earnest and grants his wish. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, what he's talking about is on one hand, we say, here, I want to be somebody. I want to have something of substance that verifies that I'm a success. But when I behave in the opposite way, I'm really saying, I don't want to be anything in my life because I'm preferring judgment. I'm preferring criticism. I'm preferring the thing that makes me feel certain in the moment over the direction that I said that I want to go. Um, he says, no one can afford to shirk or make believe or practice pretense in any action of life because all of the time he is molding himself into a deformity and shifting away from the divine. But think about this, pretty strong language, molding himself into a deformity. What is he talking about a deformity? Well, when, you, when you're looking at the outside world, the way that it's coming to us today, you have to admit, it, it, on the surface, it all looks pretty crazy, right? It is not something that any of us really want to experience. It is a deformed culture, in, in, for lack of a, another way of saying it, using the language that, that uh, Sill's using here. When we focus on that, we're modeling our mind to react to the thing that we're observing, you're becoming an internal, mental, or psychic model of the thing that you're seeing. Why? Because your mind is reacting to the thing. You are becoming that thing. Where we are as a society that we've been moving toward for many years has created this. Because if we had a different value system, we would have never tolerated it to begin with. But we tolerate it, right? We're the who, why are they so popular? Because people are watching them. Why are they watching them? Because they're fascinated by what's going on, good or bad. Won't even get into the, into the judgment aspect of it. But if nobody paid any attention because they thought it was absolutely ridiculous, you wouldn't have any of these people that are standing up that you don't like trying to do something. So over time, based on 
the things in society that we say, oh, these are stimulating, these are fun, these are good, and we give attention to those things, we start to model our mind on what is it that we pay attention to in, in society. And one of the things that ha- that's been happening for years and years and years is the media has, and the media, movies, entertainment have become more and more ridiculous in nature. Not all of it, but a lot of it. So our mind is very susceptible to the ridiculous, and we're drawn into this ridiculous in a, in a fascinating way. And when I say fascinating, don't put a good or a bad on that. Remember what I taught you before when we were talking about like sales. Your inductive reasoning factor gets shut, shut off during fascination. That means your ability to reject an idea goes silent. Right? We have both an inductive reasoning ability and a deductive reasoning ability. Both of those exist in the conscious mind. Subconscious is completely deductive in nature. So because the inductive side of our conscious mind is the part where reason exists, it's the part where the power to choose exists, the power to accept or reject. If I shut that off, then the message that I'm observing is going right into my subconscious mind. And how do you know that? Boom, you get a reaction immediately. When you're observing something and you see yourself react, you see yourself get triggered, you see yourself spiral down that rabbit hole of whatever it is, it's already past your conscious mind. It has completely shut off your inductive reasoning ability and gone right into whatever your pattern of safety and certainty is. So then you go into judge, you go into anger, you go into hate, you go into rage, you go into the right and wrong, you go into all of that stuff. And then you look for things to verify the standpoint from which you're coming from. Now, all of that is tons and tons of little bits of information, right? And you could start, our mind wants to start arguing all the little bits of information, but he did this and then he did this and he said that he didn't do this and he did like, we're all, we're all focused on little bits of information, missing the big picture. What is our subconscious mind doing by actually engaging in that? It's trying to find a sense of control. It's trying to find a sense of certainty. If I can glom onto something and I can label it as I know what it is. I have a more feeling of control, even if I'm enraged over what's going on, because I'm the one that's raging. Even if I judge because I'm the one that's judging. Even if I call it this or I call it that, it's because I'm the one that's doing it, so I have control over it. It's a total illusion because you think you're doing it, but you're not. You're reacting. It's a, it is a reactionary process that keeps you locked in all the craziness in the world from, from any, like if you're having craziness in your house, it keeps you locked into that. If you have craziness in your work, it's keeping you locked in that. If you have craziness in, in relationships, it keeps you locked in that. If it's social, if it's political, it keeps you locked in that. It prevents you from seeing the truth. So he goes on to say this. He said, Christ said, Love your enemies. Why? And and, in this manuscript, he's got like why with a big question mark. Because to practice hating anyone is very bad business. If you practice loving your enemies, you ought to be in a pretty good form when it comes to loving your friends. Because love is love, hate is hate. 
if I practice hating someone, what am I doing? I'm conditioning my mind to see the things I hate. Now, if you take the law of polarity and you apply this to anything in your life, you have to, you have to remember this. Both things exist in the same place at the same time. You may love this person and hate this person, but if you're more focused on what you hate here before you'll know it, you'll start seeing it in the person here because that's the predominant programming that you're reinforcing in your mind. Hate, mistrust, deception, all the things that people are complaining about going on. Where do we start to see it? We start to see it in the people that we like. We've, we're watching this. Like, this is one of the most historic times that we can be a part of. If you just come from a place of pure observation, looking from the truth, we're watching people who've become so focused on one ideology that they're calling it for everyone. They're seeing it in everything, in everything that people do everywhere. How can that possibly be? Because when you become that focused on it, you see it everywhere. When, you're, when it takes over your entire body, your system, your mind, your energy, your spirit, you see it everywhere, even where it doesn't exist. Because your mind will project the image out into your world. You control your environment, okay? You control your environment. It starts with your responsibility. So back to what I was saying. Think about, think about this. If I'm so engaged, mind, body, spirit, soul, it's taken over everything in my body. And it's the only way for me to feel safe is to call this thing, this thing, whatever I'm calling it, whatever judgment I'm giving it. And it's, it's spreading like a disease. It's spreading everywhere that I look. What am I going to do? I'm going to be like, oh, shit, I am not safe at all. Like, it's everywhere. I am so not safe. So I'm going to look for it everywhere. I'm going to start looking for it everywhere. I lose my ability to see the truth. I completely lose my ability to see the truth because I'm so locked in energetically to this idea. Now, he goes on here. It was also said that we should return good for evil for the same reason and that we need to practice. We do ingest many things we would not think of doing seriously. Now, we know that's true, right? I mean, if you're being honest, I mean, I do that. We, we all do that, right? We do ingest many things that we would not think of doing seriously. But we had better watch out. Confucius said, just not over holy matters. That is, that is good psychologically, and the law of practice has no way of knowing the difference. So you go back to subconscious mind. It can't tell the difference between what's real and what's imagined. It cannot tell the difference. It takes everything as fact. There's your, the, your reasoning, your logic is in the intellectual mind. It's not in the subconscious. The recording device is never turned off. Your subconscious mind is the recording device. It's never turned off. And so everything goes into the personality to make us what we are. The habit is like some disease. In the beginning, it is easy to cure, but hard to recognize. Whereas after a time, if not having been detected and treated, it becomes easy to recognize, but difficult to cure. That's the place that we're in now, right? 
we're seeing, we, we starts off with seeing a result that we don't want or being in frustration or not knowing what to do, but then we don't know how to fix it. And we don't realize it's the habitual thinking that got us there to begin with. <clears throat> All the energy we have is needed in our business. And anyone who starts out on the wrong path, find themselves treading upon bramble, brambles and nettles uh, that will close in behind him and make his return impossible. Every minute of our lives that we're practicing something, how we, how we talk, sit, think, feel, the secret of success is to practice only things that will improve us. We ought to practice time control, thought control, health control, habit control, feeling control, and never allow ourselves for one minute to practice those things which will be harmful to us. He says, God can forgive us our sins, but no one can forgive us our despair or bad habits which caused it. One who aspires to be a great salesperson should think about being a great salesperson 24 hours a day. Those people who take a vacation in which they let down their practice, and which, which they let down and practice bad habits, had better be aware. Our success is determined by what we practice in and out of season. One can't be great on the stage if he practices the wrong things off stage. No one can harm us but ourselves. And until someone invents a method of turning off the subconscious mind, the, that recording device, when we want to be on vacation, we had better be very careful. Practice is a wonderful device by which we can make ourselves a champion in any field that we may choose. It is an exciting idea to, uh, to contemplate what the great heights of this one thing may lift us to. Now, so this is fleet. And he's, he's talking about, um, he says, give freedom, never criticize or condemn, all right? He says, if you or I or anyone else wants to have the voice of spirit speak to us, we must get on the side of the good of spirit and stop negative criticism. If it is your duty as a parent, a teacher, a policeman, a supervisor, to give constructive criticism, then you should do so without hurting the recipient. Sometimes a person imbued with the will to power loves to exert the power. He is not aware of his urge, but subconsciously he would like to be a general. If such individuals get a position of supervising others, they will be inclined to give orders. Constantly they will criticize and find fault with the way another person is doing their job. They're exerting will to power. They're sick deep down in their souls. Not only do they make themselves miserable, but everyone else as well. They destroy any composite personality that they may have had with another person. It is difficult to live with those people. That is why we, that is what we call undue destructive criticism. Now he's talking basically about in that kind of a relationship. However, we're in relationship with everything that we engage with on a daily basis. So it doesn't matter if it's with a person or if it's with your computer screen, you're in relationship with that thing. And you have to realize that if it gets in, it's going to express itself outward. Um, isn't it fascinating? Like, we're, like I hear stories where people are disagreeing about something and losing friendships over it. 
there's marriages that are, people are getting divorced over differences of opinions uh, in the political and social climate that we're in today. These are supposedly people that we loved, you know, people that we were in love with. And we're so taken over by the feeling of being unsafe that we do anything to get that out of our consciousness, not realizing it's our projection onto other people of what it is that's in our mind that has become so toxic to us. He says, even if you are inclined to indulge in negative criticism, just lock your lips, put a clothespin on your lips, so to speak. Let everyone do as he pleases unless it is your duty or right to reprimand him. If he is violating the law, then he should be, he should be reprimanded by the proper authorities. Each person has the right to play a part in his life, and you have the right to play your role. But when you criticize, you are using the divine power in a negative way. Why condemn others for the least fault that they may have? We all have faults. Correct your own shortcomings and give freedom to others. Then you will be living in accordance with the highest, uh, with the highest light of the supreme. So, it's so important to really understand that when we condemn in our mind, that you don't have to agree with something. There's a big difference between not agreeing and then moving into a, a condemnation type of a judgment and being so hyper-focused on it that it's taking over your thought process. You're so emotionally engaged in something. You have to really think about that. Where is it, where is that going to show up in other areas? You're letting it form, literally form new patterns of seeing things, but seeing the wrong things, of feeling things, but feeling the wrong things in a, in a person's, in, in your life. I mean, your, you know, your brain is no different in many ways than a, than a hard drive on a computer. The, the computer cannot change what I put in it. If I put in information, it's going to give me back the equivalent of that information. Our subconscious mind is exactly the same way. It just keeps giving back what we put in. The illusion is that we think it's out there. We think it's the person. We think it's the situation. We think it's the racism. We think it's all this stuff, but we're forgetting what's actually causing this. It's a person's thoughts. Why do people think the way that they think? How did that thought get in their mind? And when they become so afraid, and, and a lot of times it doesn't even look like they're afraid because very often confidence and boisterousness and all this can appear that it's not fear, but it actually is fear. It's just turned into such an outward, powerful uh, progression of, of what's happening, you know, that it really affects, it really affects just, just so much, it, 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 and, it, and it doesn't stop. So again, so the idea for today really is, is, is this. Understand that what you're seeking is this separation of thought. You want to be separated from the falseness of the outside world, because you, you have to live in the world. Right? It's like, the, it's like the old biblical saying, you're, you know, I'm in the world, but not of the world. 
You know what I mean? So it's like you can live in the world, but you can be completely detached from what's going on, noting and understanding, you know, it's really based on awareness that almost everything that's going on out there is a reactive principle from somebody else. It's an illusion. Even these huge fights over things that we have, if you were to take that little piece that's causing that out of every person's brain, the problem would go away. It's not there in and of itself. It's there because people focus on it being there. That's why it's there. So when you react to it, it's like you're spreading fertilizer on that problem, but in your own life, in your own life. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.